Put your hands together for old men in sweat. Old men sweat. Put your hands together, y'all. Mary D. Tommy T. We're going to have a good time tonight. Let's go, let's go. It's old men in sweat. Okay, here we go, Old Men of Sweats, Barry D, and this is my buddy over here, Tommy T, and this is our program brought to you by the Believe Network, and we have a great uh, sponsor now. We got uh, This is the first time it's going to be our sponsor for the season, and I want to shout out to, we proudly sponsored by Give Better, givebetter.com, B-E-T-T-O-R.com. Great, because now uh, if you place your bets with Give Better and you lose, you can write them off. To your favorite charity. Turn your losses into charitable, tax-deductible donations with Give Better. Go to GiveBetter.com. Proud sponsor of Old Men in Sweats. All right, T, so let's get right to our sweaty hit list, top five uh, hit list. I got your list right here. I see that Tommy T, well, obviously, want to talk about Chiefs Lions opening night Thursday. Well, yeah, opening night is a great thing in, in the NFL. It used to be opening day in baseball years ago. Like, <laughs> like that used to be what everyone anticipated. But but now in football, the season ends the first week in February, and we go crazy. Like, what is it, six months? Mm-hmm. Right? It's six months, basically, right? March, mm-hmm. April, May, June, July, August, September. Seven months. Mm-hmm. Right? So so uh, we wait seven months for the season to kick off. And the, the first, of course, the Chiefs are playing because they're the defending Super Bowl champs, and they like to get the defending Super Bowl champs to start out opening night. Tampa Bay kicked it off a couple of years ago with the Cowboys. It was great. True. Yep. But the funny thing is the Lions are playing. The Lions are on opening night on Thursday night, which I don't think people – no one's commented on this, but I, it, 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 like, you know how big that is that they got the Lions – on the prime time game against the defending champs on opening night, the Lions are no longer the joke of the NFL. Yeah, but let, let me let me interject in there because you know me being a Viking fan, I think it's a lot of smoke and mirrors here. I think the NFL, you know how they jump on the bandwagon of things and they need to make something new to make it exciting. And the Lions are a good team, don't get me wrong, but it's like everybody's talking like they're a top five team, you know, and and all this other talk. And it's like you know, just like the Cowboys, they always talk about the Cowboys being good. Now they're talking about the Jags being good, I get it, and the Dolphins. But this is kind of like, yeah, they had a good year last year, but, you know, it's it's almost like they anoint them. Like, we're going to ride this wave now, NFL fans. Look at the Lions. The Lions are playing the Chiefs. I don't know. Well, I mean, so you're saying that the Lions are not going to win the division, which, I, you know, yeah, that's that, that division's a toss-up. The Vikings still are, should be the most talented team. But, no, I don't know. I don't think it is smoke and mirrors. The Lions were 9-8 and eight last year. They beat Green Bay the last game of the year to knock Green Bay out of the playoffs. You know, they're loaded on offense, right? They 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 added they added uh, Jameer Gibbs, right? The the rookie from Alabama, right? They drafted him in the first round, or, or you know, right? They grabbed they got him early. So I don't th- I mean, I don't think that they're as good as the Chiefs, but I just think that that they're legit, like they're a legit good team. Like they're not sticking, you know, they're not just like forcing Indianapolis Colts in there. You know, yeah, you know, no, you've got a good point. They are legit. Didn't that uh, guy get hurt though? The no, Gibbs isn't hurt. He's Somebody playing. got, him. yeah, no, he's playing. So, all right, so I, I get you. I mean, it's a good matchup, you know, and and and, and the Vikings aren't a lock in that division. The Lions are probably oh, right there with the Vikings. Anybody with Kirk Cousins as a cornerback isn't a lock <laughs> for anything. They're a lock to like, <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. Out of here, he stinks. <laughs> How about if you got this guy? How about if you got that guy behind me? Is he you're a lot? Yeah, I mean, come on. TB, TB twelve, baby. But anyway, um, what do you expect in that game? But the Chiefs don't have Chris Chris Jones. That's a big deal. He's out. 
Big deal. So that's, so that's why, like, one of my top picks when we get to it later is going to be the over in that game is 54. The Lions are going to score 30 points. Even if yeah. they lose, they're going to score 30 points. If yeah, Mahomes, that's a lock. Yeah, Mahomes is going to throw the ball over the field. So they're going to – that, that game's going over. So so let me let me ask you. So part of the that, that what you're saying, your philosophy, is without Chris Jones, there's going to be a lot less um, pressure on, the, on, on, on Jared Goff. going to get a big pass rush because he, he – like he attracts so much attention in the middle of the line, right? Love that guy. You got to double team him every play, and he still he still pushes the pocket. He still gets to the quarterback. He's like one of the best defensive linemen in the NFL. Yeah, and he's right up there with Aaron Donald. He was number three last year. He was number three in the defensive player of the year voting. So that, that's their best player besides Mahomes. He's their best player. So that better than Kelsey. Is he better than Kelsey? Well, Kelsey's so. great too, but no, I mean, you, you can overcome the loss of Kelsey better than overcoming the loss of this guy. So the Lions should move the ball. And they yeah, I, get, ball, I think so. Right? But, I think the Lions. So, so that game, I mean, you gotta we gotta talk about that game because that's an interesting game. Um, but um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's just gonna be an exciting game. It's a good opening game. Uh, you know, we'll see what the Lions got. It is opening week. We'll see what they got, but. You know, um, I'm with you. I, I, you know, the Chiefs. It's going to be hard to beat the Chiefs. But I like. I want to see the Lions. I want to see the Lions because they're my competition. You know, so I want to see the Lions. But um, let's go. Um, let's go next. Um, Sunday night. Here you go. The Cowboys and the Giants. The G-Men I mean, and the Cowboys. The this is the division that I follow the closest. I, I don't know why. I mean, the Cowboys are the most talked about team in the NFL. Always. They haven't been in the Super Bowl and. 28 years, right? They mm-hmm. haven't been in the NFC Championship game in 28 years. But they're still the most talked about team. I know more about the Cowboys than any team, really. It's weird, isn't it? It's crazy, you know. And, um, you know, they're good and they're not so good. Like, the Cowboys are weird, you know. Like, the Cowboys are – like, they got a lot of talent. Like, I think they got a lot of talent on defense. But if you watch them last year, you know, they were 22nd against the run on mm-hmm. defense, right? And they also gave up a lot of big passing plays. Like they lost the Jacksonville game and the Green Bay game because they got beat deep a lot. So they grabbed Stephon Gilmore. They got a new cornerback, Stephon Gilmore, who's great. They suppose they got a, a better defensive backfield and, and they drafted the guy in the first round, Mozzie Smith. So they're supposed to be better, but I, I don't know. The Giants, to me, are more improved than the Cowboys. The Giants got Jalen Hyatt, the wide receiver from Tennessee. They signed Darren Waller. The oh, he, the that's the key. That freaking yeah. – I watched him in one of the preseason games. I know it was preseason, but that guy was a monster. I mean, that's that's going to be huge. It's going to be tough. So, so automatically, last year Daniel Jones only threw five interceptions, right? Five. And he had wow. the worst receiving core I've ever seen in my life. They were pulling guys off of the um, – the, the practice squads of other teams. Mm-hmm. He had a bunch of scrubs, and he only threw five interceptions. That's crazy. Jeff got through 15, played five less games. You know, they said, well, Dak didn't have wide receivers. Daniel Jones had worse wide receivers last year. It's not the case this year. So let's let's talk about this. The most important thing of this game in, is the Tellerina household and, and your dad's take yeah. on this game. Because your dad, he's probably very, very bummed out. He's always bummed out about the Giants. Yeah, Giants are no good. So what? What has he told you? He's got no faith in the Giants at all. No, no faith at all. Me, the Cowboys have a big, fast defensive line, and he's right. But he doesn't think the Giants are anything special. Even last year, they were nine and eight. They won a playoff game, right? Mm-hmm. And my dad was like, "Ah, they were okay." So he's not impressed. So if you talk to my dad, you get bummed out. You think, "Oh man, the Giants. I don't think so. I don't think the Giants got a chance." 
but I do this. Saquon Barkley, he signed for twelve million, right? Yeah. They they got um, uh, you know they they have a uh, the new wide receivers, a new tight end. Supposedly they upgraded their defensive backfield, so I think they're going to be better. Now this game, the Giants are getting three and a half points. That's you know? crazy at home. That's, at That's home. crazy. No, I, I, yeah, the Cowboys uh, are not going to blow them out. That that doesn't make any sense, and 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 I think the G Men are going to win that game. I mean, the Cowboys are good, but the Cowboys are erratic, and and I think the Giants are going to be better prepared because I think their coach, the giant coach, the guy, smart guy, went to University of Rochester, yellow jacket, economics major. The guy's brilliant, you know. The guy's got a brilliant mind. That guy, the coach of the Giants, that didn't work so well for Matt Patricia. He went to Clarkson University, engineering major. Yeah, and he well, was the worst head coach ever yeah. for the Lions. So well, he was one of those kids. Out. He was one of those kids at Clarkson that probably never went to class. Like he, he you know, he was smoking pot and stuff. But University of Rochester, you can't get away with that because because the coach of the Giants, that guy, like he's, I don't even understand it. Like he's an economics major, but he's a whiz. This guy, I don't even know where he uses that major. I don't he get doesn't. it. No, he doesn't. He just he he's a he knows how to coach football players. Like he's got the respect of the players. He's he's kind of like Parcells a little bit. He's a hard ass on the sidelines. He's not like the previous guy, Joe Judge, who's a nut job. Like he, that guy made no sense. But this guy, you know, Dable, like he's yelling at guys, you know, in the game. But for some reason, it works for him. I don't know why, but he coached yeah. Buffalo. He's the one that built up Josh Allen in Buffalo. True, true. So he's doing the same thing now for Daniel Jones. I really like this Giants team. I think I do gonna, too. You know, I think they're gonna. Um, they can win this game. I think they're better than last year. You know, McCarthy's. I, I think they're better than last year. Way better than last year. Way better. This is McCarthy's fourth year. Fourth year in Dallas. He's zero three on opening night. He's zero three. Right and. Mm-hmm. And Dak Prescott's one and four on the last yeah, I don't trust five him. opening nights. So I don't trust the guy. But how did, what did Tony Montana say about that guy? I never I never, I never liked him. him. I never trusted him. Yeah, who was he talking about? Um, for all I know, he had me set up and my friend Angel Fernandez killed. Angel Fernandez killed, which was Pepe Sierna. Yeah, I, did, Pepe, I did a movie yeah, with Pepe Sierna. That was Pepe Sierna. I, 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 I talked to him so much about that chainsaw uh, bathtub scene. He yeah. was, he's a great guy, Pepe Sierna. But to say that again, I never trusted him. Yeah, he, he said. I, I, I he said. I, I, I never liked him. I never trusted him. <laughs> I love that. Wasn't he walking with so? I know that piece of shit. He had me set up, and my friend Angel Fernandez killed. Wasn't that after the guy falls out of the helicopter? Yeah, that was Omar Suarez. Yeah, and and they're walking right, and they're walking, and Tony, Tony doesn't even blink an eye. The guy's choking off the helicopter. Yeah. He's a blink an eye. He just goes. Yeah, and then uh, well, he was talking to Sosa down in uh, down in not in Colombia, Bogota. He was talking yeah. to Sosa down in Bogota on Sosa's plantation, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was Omar Suarez going from the helicopter. That was F. Murray Abraham, the actor. Yes, the actor. yes. He played Mozart, but uh, but. Uh, yeah, so Tony was talking to Sosa, and he's telling him, I never like him, I never trusted him. And then he says, you want to make a move, go ahead. And Sosa loved Tony. Like, Sosa just smiled at him, and he's like, I like you. He would yeah. say, he goes, uh, I like you, there's no lying in you. Yeah, there's no lying in you. There's no lying in you. Okay, so, all right, let's move on. Uh, let's move on to, uh, this is a good one, because it's true, but I don't think it's completely true. I think it's just being put out there that it's true, the demise of the running back in the NFL. You, you put right down, gone are the days of Earl Campbell, you know. It's, it's, well, first of all, you know, you drafted Earl Campbell, number one. They drafted George Rogers, number one. The Cowboys yep. drafted Tony Dorsett, number two. Yep. You know, all these running backs got drafted as high as possible. Sure. Now you can't do that anymore. 
I think this year Atlanta drafted uh, Bijan Robinson in the top ten. I think he was nine, maybe. Right? Yeah, he was nine this year. Yeah, that was really high for him because what ha- what ends up happening is you don't want to give these guys second contracts. Nobody wants to give the running back a second contract. This year there were three guys, right? Uh, Saquon and Josh Jacobs were both on franchise tags, and they never signed their franchise tag, so neither guy showed up for camp, and they ended up. They ended up doing a deal for twelve million each, so they each got a, a contract one year, twelve million. It's guaranteed, right? It's guaranteed that money, right? Yeah, yeah. It's only one year though, so of course yeah. it's guaranteed. I mean, we're yeah. going to pull it in the middle of the year. Yeah. Tony Pollard, um, he signed the franchise tag, so he's getting ten point nine million off the franchise tag. Uh-huh. That's the other thing with running backs is you don't have to sign them to a multi-year contract because the franchise tag is so low. You know, this year the Giants had both Daniel Jones and Saquon become free agents, right? Mm -hmm. There was no way that they could sign Daniel Jones to a franchise tag because it was like $38 or something for one year. The franchise tag is so high. And and that and you can't spread it out like you do a multi-year contract. You spread like like you know, like if you sign someone to a four-year, like $200 million contract, you spread out the money so you don't take a cap hit. When you sign a franchise tag, the the whole year is on your cap. But the only eleven million dollars. So you mentioned it started with Le'Veon Bell. Well, tell me a little. What are you talking about? There hold out like was it six or seven years ago? Yeah. Steelers. The Steelers didn't want to sign him. He was a great player. The Steelers loved him. He was a great player. But they had Ben Roethlisberger. They had um, Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown. And they didn't want to give him the big contract, so he held out, and it and it backfired. That's the other thing. Anytime a running back has tried to hold out, it's never worked. It always backfires. They so, never get their money. So do you think the issue here is, like, obviously they, don't, they only have so much money to play with. you got to do the QB. And that's why I said, like, I don't know if it's so much the running back uh, position is not important anymore. I just think it's like, it's like, what are you going to do? You got to wide out like a Justin Jefferson, you got to pay, or you got a quarterback like Danny Dimes, you got to pay. Like, someone's going to lose out. That's why I still think the running back position is important. And, you know, especially these guys that are like dual threats, you know, they catch it out of the backfield, you know, they can block, they can, they can, they can run. But I just think they're, they're going to lose out no matter what, just because of the economics. Well, well, the, I guess the market dictates it. It's like anything else. It's like mm-hmm. the market dictates the, the, the pay scale, you know, the, like just Justin Jefferson is going to get 25 million a year plus. Right. Um mm-hmm. And, and like A.J. Brown for the Eagles last year, he's getting like $20 million plus mm-hmm. per year. So C.D. C. Lamb's going to get that money. That's what the market is for the wide receivers. Yeah. The running backs don't have that market. Ezekiel Elliott spiked it years ago, but that backfired. So no one's going near that. Jonathan Taylor is not even a free agent. He's been trying to negotiate now. Mm-hmm. He's a free agent after next season. He's not a free agent. Mm-hmm. But, but the Colts are like, no. Like no, we're not interested. So they had the which is crazy. That guy is the best back in the league. He's he's great. He's great. So is Josh Jacobs. So is Saquon. They're all great players, and they all do more than just run the ball. They catch passes. They block. They do everything. But the problem is the Colts. They have no quarterback. They have no number one wide receiver. They, they don't have a team, and they're still not paying the running back. They're still saying no, and they had the worst off season. They fought with the running back all offseason. Crazy. Now he's on the pup list because they said that he they, they tried to say that he got injured away from the team. Oh, really? They're playing all these games. But that's the thing. Like, not only are these running backs not getting paid, but it just creates dissension on your team because everyone knows that he's your best player. 
and he's not getting paid. So the other 50 guys are like, what the hell's going on? So where, where, how are we getting paid? Where along the line did it change? Because somewhere it changed that the whiteout was going to get paid and the running back was going to be the loser in the scenario. When do you think that started? Well, it, it's a quarterback league. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's a quarterback league. So, so as, as it slowly became more and more of a passing league and a quarterback league, okay, yeah. it, it was inevitable that it was going to change because you're investing $40, $50 million a year in the quarterback. You know, so you want you want the quarterback to have the weapons, mm-hmm. right? So you know, so your left tackle, your wide receiver, their their price tags are going to go higher because you got to protect it. So when do you think that happened? Well, I, I mean, I I don't know. There, there's not a seminal point like there's okay. somewhere. There's not a there's not like an exact. It, it, it's it's an evolution. Mm-hmm. So it's just a slow. It was a slow evolution over the course of twenty years. Like there wasn't okay. one thing that right. you know. As the I mean, it's just as the quarterback market rose and as the wide receiver market rose, the running back market dropped. And the other thing that that hurts running backs is if you look at the last thirty years of the Super Bowls, there's only a couple teams that had one running back. Right? <laughs> I mean, the, the Cowboys with Emmitt Smith, the Broncos had um, Terrell Davis. Terrell Davis. The and Vikings had Peterson. No, I'm saying the teams that won the Super Bowls. <laughs> I know, I was right. <laughs> I put that in there just put that in there because I always, I always hope that someone's going to tell me they won one. But Peterson was a complete waste. Was I know because they had Christian Ponder as the quarterback. But anyway, I get where you're saying with this, and 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 I want to, I got, I want to transition to the next one because you kind of mentioned the Colts. So I want to transition because I, I, I agree with this, too. I mean, you wrote these things. I'm like, that's exactly what I'm thinking of. The rookie quarterbacks are even worse this year than ever. These guys, it's terrible. It's not – It's not. first of all, they're not ready. Like, they're not – you know, that's the other thing is when, um, when the Eagles drafted Carson Wentz back in 2016, I said, well, he's not, he's not even played in college. Like, he didn't even play in college. He played one year in college. He broke his hand. It's the same thing with this Trey Lance. They got out of North Dakota State, never played in college. Anthony Richardson only started one season in college. Um, that uh, C.J. Stroud's only played, what, two years. These yep. guys aren't ready. So they come, they come to the NFL, and they haven't played enough. You know, the, the, the Raiders signed um, – they drafted that guy Aiden O'Connell from Peru. Right. And he's not a he's not a super athlete like these other guys in the first round. But Aiden O'Connell, um, he started all almost four years at Purdue. And when you see him in preseason, he just looks different. He's ready. You know, like so yeah. that's why you know these teams are so desperate for quarterbacks. I mean, the Colts drafted Anthony Richardson in the top ten and they're starting him. The Colts right now are the worst team in the NFL. Like, well the funny thing too, they're starting him and they don't think they need Jonathan Taylor. To take the pressure off him, you're freaking crazy. They don't, they don't you need that to get him in short second downs, and and, and so so it, it, I mean, come on. Well, they're so stupid. They, they got they have a quarterback that they don't have to pay for five years. Like they yep. got him on a rookie contract. That's it. Five years. That's- they could actually they could give Jonathan Taylor what he wants yep. for three or four years, and his contract yep. will be done by the yep. time the quarterback is up. They're so stupid. The Colts are, are the worst run team in the NFL. Well, right do you now. think it's the owner? Like, does he? What's what's wrong with him? There's something wrong with him. He's an idiot. He's like most of the owners. He's an idiot. He doesn't know anything. And he's got this guy, Chris Ballard, running the show who doesn't know what he's doing. It's funny, too, because a few years ago, I'm watching Colin Cowherd 
run down the teams. And Colin Cowherd's theory is that what makes a great NFL team is you got to have a good owner, a good head coach, and a good quarterback. And he's like, the Colts have all three. The Colts are well run. He's an idiot. The Colts are not what? well run. Like Colin, like Cowherd was going on and on about how well run the Colts are. And, and and the other thing is the owner Jim Ursay, he's like Jerry Jones. He comes out in the press and he says stuff about Jonathan Taylor that doesn't need to be said. Like he doesn't help anything. He's a, he's an idiot. Like just like just shut up. And go to away. me, to me, I get you want to get the rookie quarterback and you got the cheap contract and then you can pay the other guys and then maybe he develops. I get all that. I know that and that position you need you need that position. It's number one position. But when you got a running back that can take pressure off that guy to get him into short yardage downs that are going to be helping his confidence and helping his development. And you're like telling this guy, forget it. I don't care. I'm going to give you a week to find a trade. And now, now you're on the list. I mean, it's just really amazing. It's a total mess and there's, and it's unnecessary. And they're, so they're playing Jacksonville opening night. I think they're hosting Jacksonville. They're going to get destroyed. Jacksonville is going to destroy that team. They have a rookie head coach. I think Shane Steichen, he's a coordinator. The coordinator from the Eagles, man, they're they're gonna get destroyed. It's like you, like they they have no idea what they're doing. It's 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 incredible. So look, I agree with you there. I don't know if these guys are not developed enough because of college or whatever it is. And I know people are gonna say, oh, don't talk all that crap because you're just old. You know, like a lot of the guys that from the older generation weren't developed either. I don't know about that. Dan Marino came out of college, and he was in the Super Bowl his rookie year. Like, wasn't it his rookie year? Well, it was his second year. Second but- year. I mean, come on. Like, like I mean, I don't. We are old. Yeah, we are old. I'll take that. But sometimes they don't like it when you compare it. I don't know. I mean, from what I remember, the quarterbacks back in the day, they seem more developed than these guys. I don't know if it's a scheme, the way the offense runs now, or what it is, but you know, I don't, I don't trust any of those guys. I don't trust. They weren't more developed back in the day because the uh, the offensive schemes in college they they were they wasn't as advanced as they are now. You know, now they you know like the Lincoln Riley, you know these guys they run pro offenses, so they come in running a pro offense. The problem is they just don't get enough playing time, you know, and and that's the thing. Like they come in and they haven't seen anything. So, yeah, yeah. You know, so they're just inexperienced. So they have to they have to put them on the field. You know, Anthony Richardson is going to play Sunday. They don't have anyone else, you know, so that you know, CJ Stroud, I think, is playing Sunday for Houston. So so do you think out of the three top guys, Richardson, Stroud and um, Young, who do you think could be the best? Right, right this year, this year, just this year, I guess. Bryce Young is the most advanced this year, but. I mean, he's he's small. I mean, he's really little. Like he, that's the Carol. He, yeah, he's at Carolina. He's got Adam Thielen. I don't know what he's got really there, but he's he's really um frail. He's well, he frail. looks frail. I don't know how frail he is. I mean, he hasn't yeah. been injured. You know, he hasn't missed time at Alabama like Tua did. I mean, know, at least Richardson's got some bulk, and Stroud's got some bulk. But but they're not going to. None of those guys are going to do good this year. And I'll still, you know, my Vikings, you know, I'm always having trouble with the quarterback, but I'll, I'll stick with Cousins, whatever. I just roll the dice, roll yeah, the, the dice. Problem, the problem with sticking with Cousins or sticking with Dak or sticking with Tannehill is you know what you get. You get not enough. Like, that's mm-hmm. the problem. You never mm-hmm. get enough with Cousins. You know, Cousins' last pass last year in the playoff game, <laughs> it was like fourth and ten, and he threw a five-yard pass. Like, so, 
So he's your experienced quarterback, and that's what you're getting from him. It's a it's a waste. Yeah, he would have he would have been better off just chucking it up in the air and trying to get a pi. No, he would have been better off on the bench. He would have been better off not playing. Like no, like that's your, your dad must have loved that game though. Them winning that playoff game. Your dad must have loved it. I was at a bar in New York City, T. I was at a bar in New York City with our buddy Chris. I was the only Viking fan in the whole bar. It was like 500 people in the bar. I had my, my yeah. Moss, my Moss jersey on. They were giving me a hard time. I was standing up going to school. They were flipping me off. They are flipping you're, me you're off. Got, you're a true fan, Barry. You're the you're the biggest Vikings fan ever. You never give up on I'm Never giving up. I'm never giving up. Okay, last last one. And then and then hopefully, you know, we have a new person that's going to come in as a guest, a regular guest, Brandy the Bunny. But I think she's she's having trouble putting her bunny outfit on. I don't know. I gotta like get on the phone. Really? I think so. I don't know. You know. I mean, I don't know what's going on. But let's go to the last one. We gotta talk about the Raiders. The last of the yeah. top five list here. We gotta talk about the Raiders against okay, the Broncos. Okay. So you know, so I watch all of the pregame stuff, and there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff with the Raiders because they're local. Yeah, I was watching Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler, the general manager. They were they were in some state. They set up a stage inside Allegiant Stadium. They set up a stage. And then they had a bunch of people there, a bunch of media there sitting in all the chairs, right? It was like a, they were sitting in nice chairs. It was like comfortable, like interview. The first thing I noticed is Josh McDaniels doesn't have any personality at all. Like, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know how he got that job. Like he has no, he has zero personality. And, you know, and that's the other thing is the players are not going to respond to him. They haven't responded to him. Yeah. You know, they haven't responded to him. Like he doesn't, he doesn't, uh, he just doesn't have it. Like he has none of that like spark, you know, and when he talks about the team, you know, he makes sense. He's a smart guy and everything, but he just, I, I just, that, that team doesn't seem like they have any kind of energy and that's always been their problem. I mean, I, you know, the Raiders, you know, the Raiders, uh, they got rid of Darren Waller, you know, and they, um, and they brought in job Josh Jacobs after camp. So and then they got Jimmy Garoppolo as their quarterback. Like they don't have a quarterback either. They got a quarterback that nobody wants, right? He just bounced around the league like nobody wanted Garoppolo. Even last year when Garoppolo was available all year, they could have traded for him. No one traded for him. So the Raiders got a quarterback that nobody wants, right? They got a coach. They got a head coach that the team doesn't want. Like I don't care what anyone says, that team does not want Josh McDaniels as their head coach. Like they don't respect him. He, he, you know, personality matters. We talked about the Giants head coach, Dable, you know, whatever. He's got personality. He's got like, you know, he's got something about him that, you know, when, when he, when you watch him, you're like, what's up with that dude? Like that guy's cool. Like there's something about that guy. Josh McDaniels is the worst. He's not leading that team anywhere. And you don't think so, huh? No, no, they're not. They're not going anywhere. So even 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 with Wilson, you know, and maybe Wilson had a bad year last year, and all this other stuff, you still you still don't you still don't think so. I mean, I mean, you, you have Sean Payton as the coach, so you know, so uh, he's going to fix a lot of stuff in Denver, right? He should fix some stuff, but they're not any good either. Like Sean, like Russell Wilson's no good. Like we we watched Russell Wilson last year. Let's just do this. Let's get into – let's just do our, our beats and bets, and then we'll close up, you know, okay. because um, – and then I'll <clears throat> make sure we can get her dialed in for for next time. So let's let's go right into that because I got your picks here. But first of all, let's do this because, first of all, I want to do, like, the not-so-bad beat because we're going to do beats and bets. Let's talk about Colorado Deion Sanders minus 17 points against TCU and pulls off the upset, and I guess 80% of the public – 
had their money on TCU. Yeah, but but Colorado was plus seventeen, right? Not minus. They're, they're I'm sorry, Colorado was plus seventeen, and eighty percent of the public money was on TCU. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I that's because Colorado was one in eleven, and then Dion brought in like seventy new players, so mm-hmm. they they were acting like they didn't know what Colorado had. But all of his players, they came from. Uh, he brought the best players from his school, Jackson State. Like he brought that. I don't blame him. I think people gave him shit for that. He got rid of other guys. You got to try to get the best team. That's a deal. Yeah. No. Well, Dion, I mean, you know, listen, Dion is just controversial no matter what. Sure. What, what, what I don't get is after the game, he's in the press conference. They just had a great game. And he keeps talking about how he has, I have receipts. I have receipts. He wants to like go at everyone that predicted he would fail. Like just, just who can't like, drop it. It's you one know, game. It's so still it's so silly. Yeah. Like, you won the game. Like, who cares what Ed Werder, the ESPN, yeah. the guy said about you? Like, why is he even making Ed Werder famous? Like, shut up. No, you're right. It's one game. I agree with how he did the system. If guys, you don't think they're good, you cut them. That's how life is. I know nowadays it's not like that. Everybody gets a ribbon and a trophy. I don't mind the way he did that. I know people gave, gave him crap for that, but they all probably want to do that. They're just too scared to do it. He wasn't scared to do it. He did it. And that game, you know, um, I just was like, I, I had a feeling he was going to win that game. And if I ever bet that game, I would have taken plus 17 and I would have took Colorado on the money line. I just think that was crazy to think. First of all, his kid is really good. Oh, Shadur, he's really good. You know, he's great. And, and then they sell all kinds of records. And then they got that guy, Travis Hunter, that, that I guess he was the number one recruit out of high school. Dion first attracted, he first got him to sign with Jackson State. And then he was able to get him to switch to Colorado. So they're, they're super talented, you know. And, and the other thing is this. TCU's got nothing left from that team last year. No. They, they, they don't have any. The quarterbacks are gone. You know, they don't. The, the wide receivers are gone. The running backs are gone. They don't have anything left. They're overrated. They're, they're overrated, too. But on that, 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 that game right there, you know, as far as a, a not-so-bad beat, all those people, the 80% of the public, they had TCU minus 17, Again, you know, we're, uh, this, this segment is sponsored by Give Better, right? Give Better, B-E-T-T-O-R.com. If they could, if they, you know, all those people with the TCU minus 17, if they were, if they joined Give Better, they could write off a portion of that loss to the charity of their choice. I mean, I mean, that's like right there. There's a great example to do it. And then there were a few other examples just really quick. Penn State wasn't covering. West Virginia was plus, um, maybe it was 15 or 15 and a half. Penn State had the ball. The game was over. They were down there on the 10-yard line. They went on it, fourth down. They went for it. And then they got a first down, and then they scored a touchdown with like 10 seconds left, and they ended up covering everybody that had West Virginia that was a lock. That's all Penn State had to do was take a knee. And this one guy went on a rant. He had West Virginia. He goes, don't tell me these coaches don't know the lines. He goes, there was no reason to even have the first string guys in there, and there was no reason to even move the ball. They had the ball. They started yeah, like West Virginia the- guy's wrong. That coach doesn't know the lines. That coach, that, 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 he doesn't care about the lines. That's and a one guy. Like, hey, he must the wrong. line. The coach isn't – the last thing the coach is thinking is, oh, what's the line? Like, he doesn't – like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, yeah. The coach but, doesn't know the lines. I but think. also, too, you know, this guy was a disgruntled better, but again, he could join give better. And that West Virginia loss, he could write off part of that. I think he was just uh, bent out of shape because Penn State was going for it. But you and I both know, of course, they're going for it because that marginal difference, right, wins. You got to run up some points. Yeah. You got to run up some points. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and also, 
a, why would a better think that a coach is thinking of him? Like that's well, the other I, thing. It's like you're betting on a game. It's just like the, yeah, he doesn't know you. He doesn't care about you. All right, so the next one too was last night. Um, did you watch Duke Clemson? Yeah, they killed him. They killed Clemson. <laughs> Clemson's over. Clemson's done. Well, Clemson, LSU. I mean, all the hype teams. I mean, that game was. I think. I think the spread was seven and a half. Eight. I don't think it was a lot. Yeah, because well, it was at Duke. Yeah, but they hammered them. And that was another game that, again, you know, if you had Clemson minus the points, if you join Give Better, you, again, you could take some of that and at least do some good with it to a charity of your choice. You're going to lose. I mean, I'm doing a, a promo here because it's obvious you're going to lose. We just talked about three games that should have went the other way, I guess. So you might as well, like, cover yourself and join Give Better. Go to GiveBetter.com. See if you like it. Join up. And then if you, get, if you have a bad beat like this, you, you can help out somebody, too. If you have a charity, your favorite charity is Save the Pugs, or you know, or Save the Save the Seals. Go to that charity. Yeah. Thank you for our sponsor, GiveBetter.com. GiveBetter, B-E-T-T-O-R.com. Go check them out. Adios, everybody. Hey yo. Put your hands together for old men and sweat. Old men sweat. Sweat. Put your hands together, y'all. We're going to have a good time tonight. Let's go, let's go. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.